This week, we tackle one of the most often asked questions we get. How do you get your mail on the road? It's a lot more complicated than just mail. We're talking getting your mail and domicile state this week on RV Miles. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at LLBean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Welcome to episode 149 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things outdoors, from RVs to travel destinations, gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We're coming to you again from the southwestern corner of Colorado. We are excited to be exploring the San Juan National Forest more and more. Uh, This is a beautiful place. We got to experience Mesa Verde National Park, uh, which is only about 20 minutes away and really had a fantastic time there. Looking forward to going back and doing a a whole lot more in Mesa Verde. I can't wait to talk about Mesa Verde. It has ended up being a park that has completely surprised me, and I just can't wait to go back and visit some more. We'll be covering Mesa Verde a lot on a future episode. Uh, And tomorrow, we're heading into Durango. We're about 30 minutes from Durango, and we're going to take the million-dollar highway up to Ure, Colorado. It's supposed to be a beautiful drive, and we're very excited about that. And slightly nervous. (laughs) Well, one of us is slightly nervous about the drive. RV sales continue to be off the charts right now. I was talking to uh, to somebody who's looking for RVs right now, who's been trying to find them on Craigslist and RV Trader, and they were saying they keep finding ones that they like, and they're, they'll be posted on Craigslist. They're gone seven hours later. Uh, and, and I think we've been talking with some friends, too, about how just all out, outdoor gear right now is, is just there and it's gone. It's as quick as you see it. That's it. If you don't jump on it in that moment, most of the time, you're not going to come back and be able to get it. It is really impressive and kind of amazing how many people are buying RVs right now. And we continue to see this campground pack up every single weekend. You know, today's Sunday that we're recording this podcast. So things are mellowing out a little bit here. But we had another really, really busy weekend at the campground. Everyone here with their ATVs. The amount of people that own ATVs in this area is so cool. We're going to be doing a video on it on, on YouTube, but this Forest Service road that we're nearby is called Echo Basin Road, and there's lots of off-roading uh, sites along that road in the San Juan National Forest here, but then there's just glorious, glorious boondocking if you, uh, if you are ever looking for a place sort of near Mesa Verde National Park to boondock. It's, it's a beautiful national forest, and we, we just really love the mountain views and the valley and the uh, there's all there's this giant field of wildflowers. It's it's a beautiful place. So. Yeah, you took the boys, two of our boys anyway, up for some sunrise entertainment I, the other I day. I got Jack and Ethan <laughs> up at five thirty in the morning, yes. and and we drove up in into the national forest, and they got to see the sunrise. 
it was it was pretty special. Um, yeah, Henry they were grumpy I, the rest of the day. But. <laughs> yeah. Henry and I felt like we had been there, done that. We were okay staying in bed. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. Well, we are continuing our full-time series this week, and we're going to be talking about domicile state. So the, the state that you actually live in, if you live full-time on the road, and how you get your mail on the road. And that sort of applies to people that aren't full-time too. If you travel for long periods of time and want to get mail forwarded to you, we're going to talk about how you do all that. But first, we have a question that came in through the email uh, about road trek. And if you remember, you've been listening, we covered this story um, pretty deeply. Road trek RVs, they were a company based in Canada that went out of business due, so, due to some financial impropriety. Uh, and, uh, and it was a, it was a big to do. And they were a really well beloved, uh, class B camper van RV, uh, particularly because they had a six year warranty, which really upset people when they went out of business that had just bought one for that wonderful six year warranty. Michael writes that he really liked the size of those RVs, of those road tracks and knows that they went out of business and, uh, and was wondering if they still make that RV uh, or if uh, there are any other alternatives. Well, Michael, again, what we're talking about here is class B camper van. So Michael says that he really likes the size, the feel of a van, not a larger RV, something that, that feels like a normal motor vehicle. So yes, Michael, there are lots of class B camper vans and the Rapido company did buy road track and they have begun manufacturing road trucks again using some of the same floor plans and models. They are operating at a very limited capacity, uh, and of course, coronavirus has made it more limited, but uh, they were planning to build about a thousand new road trucks this year. I have no idea where they're at on that. I'm guessing it's going to be less. There are a bunch of used road trucks out there, and there are other companies that make great class B camper vans. I think, I think you ought to check out uh, Winnebago has a few great options like the Travato. But the thing is, is class B camper vans are very, very hot uh, and have been for the last couple of years. Manufacturing of them has only started to become in pace with the demand. And of course, again, coronavirus slowing that down again. So people who are looking for class B's often have to really go out and find them. They're having dealers uh, across, it sounds like you're in Canada, but they're having dealers across the country, you know, do video tours for them and show them, you know, all the details and, and then shipping them to them or flying out to get them because it is really hard to find the class B camper van that you want in your area. Um, that's a that's a challenge for lots of people, unless you're in a real RV hotspot. Yeah, you mentioned Winnebago. I would also suggest looking at leisure vans. Now, mm -hmm. those are more super Bs. They're, yeah, they're, they're B pluses. They're the bigger Bs. Yeah, but it might also be another alternative. I mean, I absolutely love they're leisure gorgeous. vans. They're yeah. gorgeous. Um, you know, we had had someone else ask us recently about Road Trek. It seems like this is popping back up into a lot of people's minds right now because RVing is so hot. Someone was asking about warranty getting work done on a road track. Is that something that is readily accessible? And I still think that that is really very questionable right now too. There's just been so much with road track that has not been ironed out yet. Now, the difference is, um, you know, they are an RV and they use a lot of the same parts and stuff. And, and, and the new road tracks, 
um, you should be fine warranty wise with mm -hmm. the if you bought one you can buy one of the old ones from the old company that that but that six-year warranty is probably not going to be available to you but for that reason uh dealers are often selling them at lower prices or they're tacking on their own extended warranties but you can get some really good deals on some of the older road tracks and and they're great units. Some of the some of the issues have been on those units with the batteries, however. Mm -hmm. And there was sort of one battery company that was Road Trek was their only client. And they sort of I think they might have went out of business too, or they're sort of revamping and they 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 couldn't honor their warranties because Road Trek's used a proprietary battery for, for a while, especially on the e tracks which is their sort of electric model. But the nice thing about these class B camper vans and, and the Road Trek is they're generally on a, a mass manufactured chassis like the Mercedes-Benz um, Sprinter chassis, which most of the road tracks were built on. So your warranty through Mercedes-Benz, which is probably a little bit more important than uh, than all the RV stuff, is is going to still be good if you're buying one of those older road tracks and it's still under the Mercedes-Benz warranty. So you'll be able to get engine repair and all that sort of stuff. Done. Yeah, I think bottom line is is that road truck is still just kind of hit or miss a little bit with purchasing and just really know when you go to buy one what year it is and really know where that falls under this whole road truck umbrella with right. the selling and rapido and all of that. Really, really, really be aware of that so that you don't get into something that you were expecting one thing ended up with another. Yeah, there are sort of three versions. There are the ones yes. that were sold under the old road track. <laughs> there were the ones that were manufactured under the old track, but then sold after the fact by dealers. And then there are new, the new ones. So you want to know sort of where you fall. It's as clear as mud. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to get into getting your mail on the road and your domicile state. Be right back. The RV Miles Podcast is supported by Harvest Hosts. Get back on the road again safely with a Harvest Hosts membership. Enjoy wide open RV camping on over a thousand wineries, farms, breweries, museums, and other unique attractions that invite RVers to visit and stay overnight for free. Plus, you're supporting local businesses who need help right now. RV Miles listeners can save 15% off a Harvest Host membership with code MILES. That's MILES for 15% off your Harvest Hosts membership. And by Amazon Camper Force. Get on the road with Amazon Camper Force. Amazon has work camper jobs that offer competitive wages and paid campground fees up to $550 per month. Earn completion bonuses and be a part of a community that'll keep you coming back year after year. Go to Amazon.com slash Camper Force Miles to learn more and choose your site today. That's Amazon.com slash Camper Force Miles. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. And we will link to the Amazon Camper Force website as well as Harvest Hosts at RVMiles.com slash 149. Okay, it's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. My head and tail both equal R, my middle slender as a B. Whether I stand on head or heel is quite the same to you or me. But if my head should be cut off, the matter's true, though passing strange. Directly I to nothing change. What am I? 
The answer is the number eight, a figure eight. Head and tail are equal. Well, I guess if you want to turn on the sides, but then, but then it wouldn't be head and tail and top and bottom. So that would be different. And then it turns into a zero if you get its head cut off, and it doesn't affect anything because it's a zero. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. Sure. (laughs) Okay, it's time uh, to continue our full time series. We've been really enjoying helping new people that are interested in full-timing out a bit and sort of giving them an idea, even if you're not planning on doing it soon, if you're just planning for the future, giving you guys an idea of how this all works. And uh, and there are a heck of a lot of resources out there, but we're trying to give our own little spin on it. So Yeah, and it's been nice for us, a bit of a refresher about yeah. being full-time and some of these things about domicile state and getting mail. These are things we haven't really talked about in a while. So this has been really great for us, too, to kind of revisit something we love and has impacted our lives profoundly. Yeah, we did talk about this a bit on on an episode way, way back, I think in the 20s, one of our earliest episodes. When we were baby podcasters. (laughs) And things have changed since then. You know, it's been, we, you know, we are coming up on our third anniversary. Of the podcast. podcast. But our fourth anniversary as full-time RVers. Oh my goodness. Wild. We're also, talk about, we have a lot of anniversaries in the summer. (laughs) We're also coming up here anytime now, any day. On our one-year anniversary in Ranger Gandalf Traley, the second working title. That's true. So we're going to actually, <laughs> we still can't figure that name out. We're actually going to probably next episode or the episode after do kind of a one-year in the trailer and what we're feeling after being here Yeah, 365 days. So we're going to talk here about domicile state first. Um so what the heck is domicile state? And th- this is not something that really affects people that that live in a house very much because their domicile state is the one that they're in. It's where they get their driver's license and all that sort of stuff. Everybody in the country has a domicile state, whether you've declared one or not. If uh, if for some reason you went to court for it, the government would would figure out what your domicile state is. So it's best to figure it out on for yourself yeah, first. Yeah, do the work first <laughs> before the federal government does it for you. Absolutely. So your domicile state is is going to generally be where you get your mail, where you uh, register your vehicles, and where your driver's license is based, all that sort of stuff. And as full-time RVers, uh, we kind of get to choose what our domicile state is. Now, it's not as simple as just saying, this is the state I want to be in. And there are lots of different things to think about. Um, and there are lots of states that are more friendly to the idea of having RVers who travel the country call their state, their county, their city, their home legally. Right. Like you can't just put a map up on the wall, <laughs> close your eyes and point at something. Sort of like in that episode of The Office. Do you remember when Michael decided to declare bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. And all he did was actually just stand up and say, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> well, I declare I, domicile state. You can't just stand up and say, I declare <laughs> that I live in Washington. Like there's a whole lot of things you have to do in order to become a citizen of the state of Washington. Yet. There is no specific thing to do. No. So it's sort of a series of like, what does your driver's license say? What do your bank accounts say? All that sort of stuff. You have to piece it all together and hope you did it right. (laughs) Thankfully, most full-time RVers are domiciled in one of three states. And there are several reasons for that. One is that there are seven states start out here. This is sort of the big picture is that there are seven states with no income taxes. 
So first of all, obviously, people try to go for those <laughs> states. Now, it's not as great as you think, because those yeah. states that have no income taxes have to make that money up in some other way. And usually that's by higher registration fees and stuff like that. Personal property taxes, yeah. things of that nature. Like, Don't think that just because you're not paying a state income tax that they haven't figured out another way for you to pay that yeah. tax. Now, a lot of times that's property tax money, which mm-hmm. you're not paying. So, so that can be a good thing. So the three states the, of those seven that people most often call their domicile state are Florida, Texas, and South Dakota. And there are lots of reasons for that. Full disclosure, we call none of those our right, states. Right, right. And we'll get to that in a yes. minute. But part of the reason that those three states have become the best states is sort of just a lot of RVers go to Texas. A lot of RVers go to Florida in the winter. And those states just sort of make it convenient. And then we'll talk about why South Dakota is convenient in a minute. But let's just talk about the, the different positives and negatives of the three. Texas. Uh, Texas has the most relaxed homeschool laws of the three. So if you have a family, that might be something important for you to consider. In fact, they virtually have uh, no requirements for homeschooling, no notifying the state, nothing like that. And those are my kind of homeschool laws, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Uh, Texas is in a central location. It's a state that is easy to get to if you're somebody that travels quite a bit and you have to get back there every year to deal with driver's licenses and stuff like that. It's so big, you can't help but run into it most of the time. (laughs) It is a bit expensive to start in Texas. Again, this is kind of how they get their money. So when you're a new resident of Texas, like new vehicle registration fees, stuff like that is a little bit high. I think we had priced it once and it was going to be around $1,000. It was going to be around $1,000 for each of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, You know, which isn't, the worst for the amount of money you might be saving for other reasons. Well, no. And if you plan on being a resident of that state for the long game, mm-hmm. absolutely, that's going to shake down, but it's going to take a while. Uh, vehicle insurance uh, is fairly affordable in Texas. That's something to consider as well. Um, but one issue with Texas is Texas requires vehicle inspections every year, a vehicle safety inspection. And, you know, some states do this where they they you basically go to an inspection center, often it's just a, a mechanics shop, and they look it over and they make sure all your lights working, you don't have any cracked glass and your horn blows and all that sort of stuff. Or sometimes you know a friend. Not that I'm <laughs> saying I know a friend, but I'm just saying sometimes you just know a friend who works there. And sometimes there's an emissions test as well. So that's something that you do have to do. It's a little bit of a pain with Texas. Now, if you aren't in Texas when your time has come to get your inspection, you can just get it the next time you arrive in the state. Just with, don't go back to Texas until. Well, it, they, yeah. they legally, this is yes. legally codified that you just within three days of arriving back in the state, mm-hmm. you get your, your inspection, you're good to go. And of course, one of the best benefits of Texas is that it's a good place to go to in the winter. You can get near the southern border. You can go along the Gulf Coast when it is cold in the rest of the country. And, you know, then you're dealing with your your state stuff while you're in the state for the winter. Well, and it also has one of our favorite cities, which is San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We love San Antonio. And not just because they have a three pound cinnamon roll, <laughs> but that's a big part. That's of a it. big plus. <laughs> 
Florida. Uh, Florida has sort of medium homeschool regulations. It's not that hard to homeschool in Florida. You have to become a member of one of these umbrella school organizations to make it really easy. And I'm not going to go into that, but you can look. There's a great article that I'm going to link to in the show notes about domicile state in general uh, from full-time families, which is one of our favorite organizations. We're, a, we're members of full-time families. And anybody that is a family that has children that is looking to go full-time on the road, we highly recommend you become a member with them. Absolutely. Florida has generally higher vehicle insurance rates just because really of the age of the population. And, you know, unfortunately, insurance companies like to put us all in these little boxes and and people who are older pay more for vehicle insurance. So the state of Florida, it's just more expensive to get vehicle insurance there. And that can be a big deal if you've got a big expensive RV because your insurance rates are are sort of, you know, in proportion to the cost of your RV. One great benefit of Florida, however, is that they're really the only one of these three states that has on the healthcare marketplace an insurance plan that works across the country. My kingdom for one of those. Right. In 49 other states. (laughs) Now, all health insurance plans are going to cover emergency care across the country, but doctor's visits and stuff like that, most of them are not. So there is one plan now. I think it's a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan. If you don't end up getting that plan, that benefit is not worth it to you. But that that is one thing that is beneficial about Florida. And again, if you're one of those people that will winter in Florida every year, it's a no-brainer. Florida should be the place that you go for your domicile state. If you have a spot that you go back to every winter, <laughs> that campground knows you are coming, then you really do want to consider Florida as your domicile state. Finally, South Dakota. Now, South Dakota is a little different um, because it's out of the way. Obviously, it's harder to get to South Dakota to deal with all this stuff. For most people that do lots of travel. Now, it's a beautiful state to go visit. We absolutely love South Dakota Mm -hmm. and wouldn't mind getting there regularly. Has one of our favorite national parks, which is Badlands National Park, as well as Wind Cave National Park. Now, the cool thing about South Dakota, though, is that this whole idea of domicile state and people that travel full time, it's legally codified there. In South Dakota's laws, they specifically allow for this. So you know that you're not going to get into any sort of legal trouble with this when you go there. Also, they've made it super easy for things like uh, driver's license renewal. You only have to renew your driver's license every five years in South Dakota. And you do have to prove that you stayed in the state to make it your domicile. But all you have to do literally is give a campground receipt for one night. It's super simple. And it's also the most affordable option uh, in terms of insurance rates and in terms of vehicle registration and all that sort of stuff. So it's a really popular option for people. And the mail forwarding services in South Dakota will handle all your stuff like uh, vehicle registration renewal and and stuff that that you don't want to go back to the state for. So you really can do it and not travel back to the state for five years at a time unless you have to go there for doctor's appointments because your health insurance is there. Now that said, they do have the most constrictive homeschool laws, Yes, which is why we do not domicile in South Dakota. Otherwise, we absolutely would because of how RV friendly it is. But I am personally 
not a fan of what they ask of homeschoolers. Now, we do know other full-time families that do use South Dakota. Absolutely. And they, they find it okay. You have to do testing every now and then, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and they do it. So it is possible, and it's not something that you have to be completely afraid of. We just no. choose not to. No, and what's nice about these three options, if I can talk from a homeschool standpoint, is that there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Perhaps you are someone that wants to be held accountable You want someone kind of wanting all these things from you. Well, then you've got South Dakota. If you fall somewhere in the middle and you want to have a little bit of accountability or you want to be connected to something, then perhaps Florida is your state. If you want to say, I don't want anyone involved in this whatsoever, and I don't want to have one more thing I have to do, I just want to be responsible for the education of my children, then Texas is going to be your state. Now, I do want to take a moment to say, you, even though we sort of domicile in these certain states and we generally follow the homeschool laws of those states, you are legally required to follow the laws of whatever state you are in at any given time. And we all like to have laws that tell us exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And so we don't get into sort of legal trouble. Or we like them to be uniform. <laughs> right. But that's, that's not possible. But it's not the case. So um, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association is a, is a good place to find out ab- about these different homeschool laws. They generally recommend that you don't stay in a state for more than a month at a time because then they're really going to start to expect you to be following the homeschool laws of that state. If you are somebody that is in a certain state and you have a job in that state, and you're there for nine months out of the year or all the year, you can't call a different state your domicile state. That is your domicile state. And you're going to get into some legal trouble. If you spend more than six months out of the year in a single state, they're really going to consider you a resident and aren't going to be happy with you if they, you try to say, oh, no, I'm a resident of South Dakota, even though I'm here nine months out of the year. I'm sure North Dakota misses <laughs> that they can't claim us anymore. Now, how do you do this? How do you actually... Get a domicile state. How do you declare a domicile state? You don't declare it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have steps in order to do it. Now, the way you do this really is with a mail forwarding service. And there are lots of mail forwarding services out there. Every state has one, but they're not all the same. You're going to run into some issues if you use a mail forwarding service that just sort of works out of a UPS store or you use a PO box or a UPS box you're going to run into some issues. And we actually had that issue once where we were using a mail forwarding service out of Chicago because we're from Illinois and our bank was like, "Mm, that's a UPS store, that address. We didn't, we didn't know it was an UPS store. Mm -hmm. It was our mail forwarding service that was operating out of a UPS store. We had no idea, but what they were. It was slightly shady. (laughs) Now that I look, now that I think back on it, it feels a little questionable. Yeah. So it was a great company. Well, it had a, it's pros and cons. Yeah. It was, I felt it was very difficult to actually get the mail that we needed. And I also found it incredibly frustrating that they were charging us extra anytime we wanted something beyond just a simple, here, we're going to scan this for you. Right. Yeah. So what these mail services do is they, they take all your mail in, they shred the junk, and they open stuff for you and scan it and show it to you. Now, some of them will only scan the outside of the envelope Mm -hmm. and you tell them, this was the issue with ours. Some of them only scan the outside. You tell them if you want to open it, then they'll open it and scan it, but they 
They may only give you so many open-in scans a month, or they may charge you for every open-in scan. Um, and some of them will just open them all. So there are different services out there. Yeah, but, so really read the fine print right. if you're going to go with a mail forwarding service. Just really know what you're financially getting into because you might think, oh, I'm just paying X amount monthly and then I'm going to get all this. But you're going to find on the back end that they're going to say, no, we're going to charge you a little extra to mail it. We're going to charge you a little extra if you go beyond just how many scans per month. So really kind of think about how much mail you're actually going to be having sent there and then how much of it you're actually going to want. Right. Now, we highly recommend if you're going to domicile in one of these three states to use the Escapees organization. Escapees has been around forever and it's an RVing club and they have addresses in these three states that you can you can be in any of them. And they they will be your mail forwarding service as well as you're part of this big RV membership club. And they give you a real actual address that your banks are going to be happy with in general. Now, sometimes you have to change like the box number to apartment, apartment number 1067 yeah. instead of box 1067, that sort of stuff. Sweet 291. Right. <laughs> so check escapees out. They have a really great, much more detailed breakdown of domicile state and the positives and negatives of those three different states and how things are different there than we're going to cover here. So we'll link to that in the show notes. But we want to say that we're not um, residents of one of those three states. We have kept our residency in Illinois. Now, that means that we do pay uh, income taxes mm-hmm. in Illinois, which is unfortunate. Uh, and boy, do they love their income tax <laughs> they in do. Illinois. Uh, but you know what? Registration fees are very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to other states, lots of lots of those little fees that you pay are are much lower. And Illinois has about the same homeschool law as Texas. So, yeah. But the reason that we're residents of the state of Illinois is so we don't have to pay a mail forwarding service because we use my parents' address. Yeah, we are very fortunate to have a family member that is willing to collect mail for us. And really, up until the great Minot incident of 2019. <laughs> We weren't getting a whole lot of mail, and so it was really wonderful to just have it come to a relative's home, and then from time to time when we were at a campground that can receive the mail, she would just ship it all to us, and that is still something we do. The biggest thing, though, honestly, is that it just feels sometimes like a little bit of a headache for no reason to give ourselves a headache because we do have these wonderful family members who are willing to work with us like that, and also... I'm really, really comfortable with the Illinois homeschool laws. Yeah. That's where we started homeschooling. And so we know what's going on there. I personally just don't want anyone involved. Right. And so we pick a state. We stayed in a state. Um, I'm, I was homeschooled in the state of Missouri, which is very similar to the state of Illinois. If we decided to switch, we would 100% go to Texas. Now, there is very little, even though we get a lot more mail than we used to because of medical bills. Yes, there, sir. <laughs> there, there, there is very little mail that we actually need to have our hands physically on. No, and that's really, really important. If you can go paperless, and we should be going paperless regardless if we're in a sticks and bricks or if we're in an RV. If you can go paperless, go paperless. Most transactions when it comes to paying bills these days, they're all done online. Mm-hmm. There's hardly anyone writing a check for anything. The biggest thing we need mail for is when we get paid, we just have them open the mail for us and and scan the check through the app right, and, but again, and we're done. 
don't even have to go to the bank anymore. Right. Like yeah. you just scan it all on the app. We wish our vendors were, were I know. which is, which is wires the money, but all right. I know that's a, look, that's not, that's not a podcast discussion. That's a like late at night. We need to talk about business discussion. I do want to talk about our business for a second. If you do have a business or you're thinking about starting a business, we do have our business registered in a different state. Our business is in the state of Wyoming and that's because Wyoming is very friendly to businesses and we do use a mail forwarding service there. We use a company called Wyoming Agents and they're our registered agent for our company. So if any legal notices come to them, they'll open them right away. And I get the really the only mail forwarding we get there is the bank statement. I see mm-hmm. the bank statement in there. But they also give us a physical address. They actually give us a lease. We have an office lease through them, even though we don't have it's a virtual office. They give us a lease so we can show that to our bank when they when we apply for a loan through our business or we uh, set up a bank account for our business. They see it like that because, again, banks are a little bit afraid of people that use mail forwarding services as their address. Now, my only thing about us moving to Wyoming for our business, if we're talking from a business standpoint, which we are, was that we actually ended up having to switch banks because our bank does not do business or did not have a branch. The bank we were using. In the state of Wyoming. So that is something that we actually sort of learned on the back end. We didn't know that going into. So there was this little bit of a scramble to what bank are we going to go to? What are our options? So just a little tip from us to you, if you're setting up your business in a state that's not your own state, kind of check into the branch, the bank that you're going to use, if you're going to take that bank with you, and if you even can. Because believe it or not, I was shocked. This is a major bank that we were at, one of the third, you know, one of the top three in the country, and they don't have branches in Wyoming. Yeah, what we found out is that actually no major bank has branches in more than 30 states. Isn't that wild? There really is no nationwide bank. That is just wild. We've even looked into some online banking, but we're not quite there yet. Or I'm like not quite, fully online. Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite yet, there yet um, on a comfortability level. So we're still with, you know, I like to be able to go into a bank still. That's, yeah. That sounds very old well, school, it, I'm sure. But I like to just be able to go. Hey, in. If I have a problem, I want to go talk to somebody. I lost my wallet in Florida one time and I could walk into that branch of Bank of America and say, answer a few questions without any identification, they could, they were able to give me yeah. cash right there. So that is some peace of mind. When was that? Uh, this was before you. Of course. <laughs> of course it was. I was like, this does not sound like a familiar story. Did I just learn something new? All right. That's our coverage of domicile state and mail addresses. So if you want more information about that, again, I'm going to link to those couple articles in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 149. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with our Fresh Tank Black Tank and the new Brain Teaser. The The RV Miles podcast is supported by Hughes Autoformers, makers of the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV. And the Power Watchdog beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. It's the last surge protector you'll need to buy. 
Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. Or click the Hughes logo in the show notes for this episode. And by the Highway Weather app. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did we mention all of that's included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you of upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. And we'll link to both the Hughes Autoformer Power Watchdog and the Highway Weather app in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 149. All right, it's time to check the level of our tanks. Ooh. Abby, what is in <laughs> your black tank this week? So my black tank this week goes to the teeny tiny little wormy things that are falling out of the trees. What are those? They look like... I, I refuse to deep dive into they, what they, they are. They're like grubs or like... I don't know. I want to Maggots talk- or... Stop. But they I've fall from stopped. the trees. I want to talk about it as little as humanly possible. <laughs> I have been trying to keep the awning out as as much as I can, even though the wind has been an issue lately. But I'm just I I'm just waiting for one to fall in my hair, but not know it's in my hair because they're so tiny. Oh, they give me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, so they get my black tank. I don't know what they are. We have a ton of pine trees around Someone's going to tell us. Don't worry. That's fine. I just, I can't deep dive this. Give me a name. That's fine. I don't need details. But tell me how to get rid of them. Like, is this going to last? It's June. Are they like an all summer thing? Get rid of them. They're falling from like 30 feet in the sky. <laughs> Well, I, can I, I don't know. Is there something I, is there a candle I can burn that doesn't make them want to fall right next to the RV? I don't know. Is there an oh, essential oil dude. that will stop this? <laughs> All right. What's in your fresh tank? So my fresh tank this week goes to Airstream. They just released these beautiful photographs of their refreshed decor for their flying cloud line, which is their most popular kind of like family friendly Airstream travel trailer. And it is gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. I just I wrote an article about it. We'll link to it in the show notes just so you can see the pictures. It is beautiful. They're calling this interior sunlit maple. I mean, how what a visceral image you get when you hear that, right? Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. And they've done a bunch of changes sort of to the interior. It's still very much an Airstream, and they haven't radically redone anything. But they've got some flat panel cabinets now as opposed to the rounded ones they used to have. It's just, it's so beautiful. And I love that they've kind of thought this through still for families and for long trips. And they're talking about, you know, short vacations, but long vacations and being able to even work inside the RID. Boy, this has made me want to get an Airstream. And the Fly Cloud, it comes in a whole lot of different floor plans, including bunkhouses. Yeah. And it's got their quiet stream ducted climate control system, super quiet climate control that I've heard. It's really great. And uh, they have built in power inverter, solar panels, um, and and a whole lot of great storage spaces and, and stuff. It the 
When Boy, are we moving into uh, an Airstream, Jason? <laughs> when we can afford an Airstream, Abby, which is going to be a long time from Although now. Although I'm not quite sure. And I meant to look up this bunk floor plan before the show today, and I didn't get around to it. I don't think it's a bunk plan that's going to suit No, it's kids. a 30-foot. I'm certain yeah, it only it's has just two, two bunks. bunks. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's always been our hiccup with some of these trailers that we love so much. We don't want to convert anything into a bed. Everybody needs their own dedicated sleeping space. But if you are a family of four or you don't care about converting, go look over at this Airstream. It is gorgeous. We will drop it in the show notes so you can check it out. All right, Jay. I need to know what your black tank is this week. Uh, My black tank this week is motion sickness. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about this a few times in the last few weeks, but my whole family, Mm. except for me. The driver. Gets motion sick. Now, don't, don't blame think, it on the driving. No, I do not think blame it, it is on a, the winding roads. I do not think it is a coinky dink oh. that the driver is not the one getting is the one not getting. I sick. do. I will say I do get motion sickness on like roller coasters and stuff, but yeah, hmm. not not in vehicles. But hmm. even with your driving, I mean, well, that's not a. Oh, don't come at my driving. <sighs> no, I was going to say even with your driving, driving, I I don't get I don't even get with, sick. I'm sorry that I drive the speed limit. That's I not, know it really no. bothers you. When do you drive the? When do you drive the speed limit? Uh, every time I get in the truck, you, you. drive well over the. No, speed I don't. Limit, don't Missy. don't give that. Don't give that impression <laughs> of me. I keep a. If I go anything over the speed limit, I am like everybody else in this world, five miles over. Anyway, we've tried some different things. We're going to try more of the magnet wristy band things. Yes, thank you again um, to Susan. Uh, Tomorrow, when we head on the mm. million dollar highway, we're a little nervous about this. So yes. I did buy some sort of Dramamine chewable tablet type things. For the kids. We'll see how that goes. So I don't know. It's just oh. my black tank because it's something that's on my mind about tomorrow and I don't want any puke incidents. Yeah. I have to remember too, the only trash can we keep in our RV is one that will fit grocery bags because we like that we could just reuse the grocery bags that we have and it's worked out great for us. I have to remember to put a clean grocery bag in that and put that in the truck because that will become uh, puke station 101. <laughs> puke station one tomorrow. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. We're going to take I'm, plenty of stops and, and I'm worried about sure Henry. That, that it's going to be okay. I'm very worried about Henry. I'm a little worried about it too. But. I would really like him to take a nap yeah. and sleep through some of the driving. What is your fresh tank for this week? Lay it on us. What's your fresh tank, honey? <laughs> Hey, we have rediscovered, Abby has rediscovered, pina coladas. Mm-mm. And we are really, this is like the perfect camp dr- campground drink. It is. I am harking back to my days as a bartender and an actor, because actors generally work as bartenders or servers <laughs> as their secondary job. So I was both for the longest time. Uh, so I had been craving just a pina colada for, for forever. I don't know why it got stuck in my head. Uh, but I'm, t- you know, I'll, no, you go ahead and you tell the story. You you tell it because well, then you, you can sh- talk about how wonderful I am. She's talking about making a pina coladas forever. <laughs> and we're like looking up the recipes. I'm like, just make one. Just do it. Just get, it can't be that much ingredients. And I'm looking up. No. She's like, well, no, it's got to be frozen in a blender. I'm like, come on. And we don't stir have a blender. It, stir it in some ice and it'll be good. Yeah. And so now Abby has been, she went out and got some pineapple juice, some coconut milk and some rum. And that's all you really need. Mix them together, and uh, it's yeah. very quick. 
amazing, refreshing campground drink. You know, it would make a really good article under our camp recipes. It's a three-ingredient pina colada. It's, you know... it's so good. And plus, if you've got coconut milk laying around the house, like which which we have now, I'm actually going to make coconut curry chicken one night this week, which is a fantastic meal. Oh, my goodness. If you have not had coconut curry chicken, it's so easy. It's so good. So we really enjoy this. I also enjoy just mixing some drinks again. It's kind of fun. I'm glad I'm not using a blender. Oh, I used to get so mad <laughs> at the number of people that would order frozen drinks at the restaurant well the funny thing is is we have a a, a blender um we don't know where the parts to we, it are no we have all the parts to it except for the actual blender yeah. base so listen, which we there, think we left in kansas city i'm not sure if there's a parent listening <laughs> do you have our blade um yeah so it's a nice in fact when we get done with this podcast we're gonna have a drink i think so i think i actually are. like it not blended because i think it's like not icy Oh, I still it's wouldn't mind it blended, down. but this is a nice alternative. Yeah. And it's also just a great campground drink. It's three ingredients, and you can also use those ingredients to make other things that weekend at the campground. So, you know, you're just sort of a multi-purpose ingredient list. It's fantastic. So those are our tanks for the week. Let's wrap this episode up with the new brain teaser. Why does a cat, upon entering a room, first watch one side and then watch the opposite side? I don't know. I don't actually ever end up in rooms with cats, so I have no idea. Is that, are you talking about like a literal cat, like a real cat? Real, Is this about a real cat? cat? Yeah. We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And our full-time series is still continuing both over at rvmiles.com. We have an entire section devoted to going full-time. We also have that over on YouTube as well, an entire playlist about full-time RVing. RV Miles is all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you can reach us at editor at rvmiles.com. If you are enjoying the show, would you do us a huge favor? Would you tell a friend, tell a relative, tell some stranger on the street, social distance, those, please be six feet away from them. So you're going to have to yell it. Maybe in a campground would be more effective than just a yeah. random stranger well, on no, the baby, street. You know, you're like, you look like an RVer. You look like someone who wants to travel. Are you listening to the RV Miles podcast? Anyway, word of mouth is the best way for people to get to know us and to get to know the show. They trust you and your opinion. So thank you very much for doing that for us. And until next week, keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.